What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another NeuroHive episode. You know how this goes. So today we have a Q&A session for you. You guys submit your questions to me at alex.vonderhaar on IG. It's V-O-N-D-E-R-H-A-A-R. We go through the top three questions that were brought to us this week, and we deliver the good word. But before we hop into today's episode... You want to remind me about the fee? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. There is a fee. The fee is this. Because I don't run ads, we don't try to fill your ears with a whole bunch of product pitch. It's not half the show. I'm just throwing products down your throat or services. I ask that you share per episode if you found value out of this, which I know you will because we deliver it every single time. So my team was able to scroll through. We found quite a few good questions this week, and I wanted to hop right into them. The first one being, How do I become a better copywriter? You talk often on the show about how copywriting has not only elevated your game as a marketer, but also how it has helped your clients. So here's how I approach copywriting. One, I've read all the books. I've done all the homework that you're supposed to do, and that definitely helps. It definitely helps structure how everything moves. You'll hear people say, you need to buy Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz or you need to read Copy Secrets or all these other books. And while reading about it is great, in my experience, there's nothing better than finding ads that you have purchased from in the past, whatever brand it is, whether it's Manscaped or whether it's uh, you know First Form or whoever it is that you're actually consuming their products from their ads going back to that ad or finding some of their other ones because you can search for them online and going out and handwriting them on pen and paper once a day. So every day for years now, I've written out handwritten ads of ads that I liked. This has helped me see structure. This has helped me see all the psychological tools that companies and marketers are using to leverage and in different forms so I can continuously get better every single day. You're not going to notice it right away. It's going to be a slow burn, but I promise if you bring this into your practice, make it part of your top five that you have to do every day, is I'm just going to write pen and paper one ad that I've seen that I really liked, and then you can start to see how that'll transition over time. You're just going to become a better copywriter because you're writing stuff and practicing stuff and ingraining it into your brain around what actually converted you. And if you think of yourself as a skeptical buyer or a conscientious purchaser, as some of these big tech gurus will want you to think about it in that term, you'll really start just to become better. And that's what it's all about, a little bit better every day, and eventually you'll get to where you want to be with that. There is no shortcut with copywriting. There just isn't. you got to practice it, man. Great question, though. Next one. Alex, we are launching Facebook and Google ads. How do I plan out my ad budget? Really good question. A lot of people are using this powerhouse as a combination. We are for a lot of our brands as well. Facebook's not dead. There's a lot of people that'll think that it is. It's just harder, right? And there's a different system as to how you have to approach it. We'll save that for another episode. I actually talked about it a few episodes back on how to start thinking about structuring your ads more like a scientist as opposed to just kind of shooting spaghetti against the wall. 
But here's how I look at it. 40% needs to go to top of funnel. 60% needs to go to conversion and retargeting. Now, within that, however you choose to platform that out is going to be entirely up to you. Typically, if I'm dealing with products that are over $50, Facebook Marketplace is not going to be a strong contender for me. I'm going to want to look into Google, YouTube pre-roll ads and start to filter that down and maybe allocate more of the budget over there. Maybe if you've done accurate tests and you can truly compare, hey, I've got a super solid ad that worked on Facebook. Let's see if it'll translate over into Google. Then you can do, hey, let's look at our CPM or our cost per thousand for you non-marketers out there, or even looking at customer acquisition costs, looking at clicks and looking at click-through rates to see which one's going to give you the best bang for your buck. If you're not testing, though, you really don't have a great way to kind of accurately push that data forward so you can move that into a strategic campaign that's actually going to work. Otherwise, you're just going to end up kind of cycling over and over and over again, and you're really not going to get the results that you want. Now, when I'm going with Google, though, and I'm looking at, okay, the majority of my budget's going to Google, let's say, I'm going to look at a discovery campaign, maybe a video conversion campaign, set it on real low, take the poor man's approach at top of funnel and maybe say, hey, for five bucks a day, I'm willing to give this a shot. See what it does for you at top of funnel, super low budget, see and kind of test out your creative. Then I'll start to, in my lower levels, start to ramp up budget. And I do that kind of through a formula that we use Uh, that's based around conversions, based around what our client wants from us dollar-wise and how many conversions they need to get the business moving. So that's a little bit more formulaic, and that's primarily on the bottom where I'm going to spend about 60% of it. But typically what you want to do is take your uh, cost per acquisition, multiply it by however many conversions you need, and then divide that out by seven, and that gives you your daily budget typically. Now there's other variables if you're doing CBO or if you're doing different campaigns or different ad set level stackings, but on the whole, that's a really good pulse as to where to kind of keep a campaign so that way you can grow that up and forward and it's not just sitting there kind of going stale, which can happen quite frequently, especially on Facebook. Really good question. Next one, and our final question of the day, personal brand development. Is it better to do a personal brand or a business brand development when first starting out? So I can only speak from my experience and what I've seen from some of my clients. Uh, Those that develop a business brand first typically really struggle to get customers to become enthusiastic about the brand because people want to buy from people. They don't want to buy from logos. They don't want to buy from trademarks. They don't want to buy from cold, heartless entities. What they really want is you. They want to know how you got here why you're doing what you're doing, how you're doing what you're doing, and why that's totally different from somebody else. People are voyeurs at heart. And that's been one of my biggest learning lessons as as a marketer is just how voyeuristic people truly are without any impulse or any reward system to help drive that. We're just naturally voyeuristic. So we want to see what people are up to. We want to see inside of their lives. There's whole TV channels and categories dedicated to this. So that should be a pretty good indication that what they're talking about actually has value there. So when I talk about this with my clients, the first place I start is, well, why why would you not want to develop a personal brand? What downside does it actually have? And I actually do have a few clients where, you know, they've gotten death threats from their personal brand. They get attacked. They get uh, labeled as a martyr for all this stuff that has nothing to do with them. And I, I feel bad because I I know that world and that side of, uh, just just the internet itself can be kind of ugly and kind of uh, kind of coarse. But 
my advice for you guys would be to develop the personal brand. Let people get to know you. Let them follow your story. Obviously, there's boundaries, right? We have to draw the line somewhere. We have to put put the line in the sand because you're not going to show yourself crapping on the toilet. You're not going to show your spouse in the shower. You're not going to show your kids or your wife when you all are fighting with each other. So you draw the line in the sand naturally anyway. It's just where do you want to make that line, and then how can you constantly be butting up against that edge of a little bit of uncomfortable because that's typically where the drama in your life is or where people can actually relate to you because at the end of the day, I think drama is just relatable stories that we find within ourselves but are oftentimes too afraid to actually explore. So I would invite you to actually develop a personal brand. I'm working on developing mine. It's going to be a constant uphill battle because there's always more to develop. I'm always a person that's going to develop just like many of you because I've met a lot of you. We DM with each other. You guys follow me and I follow you back. It's because we've built a tribe and you guys can see inside of my life a little bit more. So my recommendation would be to build the personal brand. It'll always help build your business brand as long as you're speaking your truth and you're not being somebody inauthentic to yourself. And that's what I meant about earlier. Like you're never going to show 100% of your real self. That's not truly being authentic. We all draw the line somewhere. You just have to be clear and concise and actually deliver who you truly are on a consistent basis. I promise if you do that, you're going to see tremendous results. As always, guys, go share the show with a friend. It's per episode. It's not just once and you're done. If you found value out of today, go share the show.